0: All right. What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I am Justin Michael. I am your host. And guys, you're probably hearing how great these mortgage rates are right now. Mike and Virginia, they're not just your typical mortgage company. Sure, they've got phenomenal rates, but what separates them from the rest of the pack is that Mike is a certified financial planner. He's going to look at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family-owned company, so you can always feel like a person. Not a number. Gotta love that. And hey, if you're currently serving our great country, or if you have in the past, get a hold of Mike in Virginia. They can help you. Their VA rates in particular are spectacular. Again, visit my friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at DNVR Mortgage. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you can get set up with a free consultation over at DNVRMortgage.com or give Mike directly a call at 970-412-2472. That's BNBRmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1913006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, guys, I've got a special guest on the podcast today, longtime friend of the pod, my man, Eddie Hers of the Loveland Reporter Herald. Eddie, what's been going on? It's been way too long since I've seen your beautiful face.
1: Yeah Justin it's uh it's nice to be on this Zoom call not seeing you in person but virtual is the best we can do. Been good man been staying busy you just kind of convinced me to buy a house there honestly with that ad read. <laughs> hey,
0: I'm going to send that to my bosses they did they owe me a raise now.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> Look man it's been a it's been a weird situation obviously it's very much looking like CSU is not going to get a game before that Air Force series, uh, which begins on the 27th, which would mean it would it's going to be three full weeks in between games for the men's program and the women's program. Really just bad luck. I mean, it's been COVID issues with their opponents, not CSU. Are you a little surprised they haven't been able to add a game over the last two weeks?
1: I, I'm somewhat surprised because obviously, I mean, I think, you know, knowing their tournament chances are at stake and just for the sake of not playing so long, you know, they're out there trying to schedule a game. I don't think there's any doubt there. So I think the fact that they haven't been able to do so kind of just shows how hard it may be to do logistically. So I have no doubt that CSU is trying. I just think it's difficult to do. And at this point, I don't really see how they're going to do it. They're running out of time. They're in
0: such a weird spot because, you know, arguably their greatest selling point, you know, for an at-large bid is just the fact that they don't have any bad losses on the resume. So if you go and you add, you know, a major non-conference opponent, you obviously give yourself a chance to potentially, you know, boost your metrics a little bit, jump up in net ranking, something like that. But it could also kind of be your final nail in the coffin if you lose. Ultimately, though, I kind of operate under the mindset that, it's just easier to sleep at night if you go down swinging than if you you know don't make the tournament and then you know all the fans are like well what the hell why didn't you even try like at the end of the day if you schedule a game and you lose at least you did everything in your power to try and make the tournament. I don't know. I'm I I don't sympathize for the athletic director. That is for sure.
1: Absolutely, and I think like you said, I mean even if you go down swinging, I think if you're CSU, you do have to swing. Maybe like a power five team, kind of on the bubble doesn't have to. But if you're CSU, the harsh reality is, I mean, the committee could forget about you. So you need to kind of keep getting your name out there and at least try to play a game because that's the fear right now and kind of the reality of this year. CSU has done nothing wrong. It's not their fault. They've been canceled. But the fact is doing nothing is enough to hurt your resume while other teams on the bubble are improving. So CSU needs to do something because they really could get forgotten about. I mean, that's just the reality of it.
0: Well, especially, you know, you see some of these other programs that are kind of on the fringe trying to add games. Um, Leon Rice, the Boise State head coach, recently told uh, BJ Rains that they intend to kind of pers- potentially pursue a game in that time period between, you know, the last scheduled Mountain West games and the Mountain West tournament. Uh, Nico Medved actually recently said on Brady Hole's show, mm-hmm. and shout out to Brady Hole, by the way, he recently said that they anticipate that they will likely play you know, a game or two after the air force game in between the mountain west tournament, who that's against, we shall see, you know, I think, I think for CSU, you got to hope for Nevada, right? Like do beating down New Mexico twice. What does that do for you at this point?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if the schedule never got changed or anything got postponed in the first place, like beating up on New Mexico, UNC, obviously still air force is good because it's more wins, but at this point, yeah, if you're only going to get a few games back, Nevada is probably the one you want because those are the most valuable wins. But I'm questioning that, too. Obviously, you know, all those conference games are postponed while the UNC games canceled. But they're postponed. But the Mountain West has said nothing since I'm still kind of pessimistic they're even going to reschedule those games. You hope they do. But, yeah, like we said, CSU just needs to get a game. And I've looked at teams with open schedules. Unless they scheduled something like today because I was checking yesterday – I know Creighton and Marquette have like a full week and a half off. Those would obviously mm-hmm. be resume boosting wins. But if you can't get that, just get something. There's teams like Idaho State, Montana State, UC Davis out there with empty stuff on the schedule. Just, I mean, best case scenario, get a Q1, you know, resume boosting type game. But if not, just, just get something.
0: <laughs> I wonder if it's harder for CSU to schedule a Q1 game than we're assuming here, just based on the fact that, you know, if you're a fringe team, is CSU, the type of team you really want to like square up against, you know, they've, they've, they've proven to be feisty this year. They have wins at VA They have a win at Utah state. They have, they have the home win over Boise state. I wonder if teams are kind of ducking CSU a little bit, to be honest. I and mean, I don't have any inside information there, but if I was, you know, a team on the fringe and I felt pretty good about my resume, am I trying to schedule the Rams right now? Hell no.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, if you look at it from like a power five teams aspect on the fringe, they could probably look at playing CSU as well. If we lose, it's going to look bad for us. Or I mean, if they win, it's not going to look as good as if CSU wins, or if they lose, it kind of looks like more of a bad loss for them. So I don't think they really see it as a win-win. I I just, I, I do think that could be a factor to an extent. And then maybe, maybe that's
0: not the case, but it really wouldn't surprise me. I just, you know, based on national perception, I think you explained it really well there. If you're CSU and you go out and you beat a team like, you know, everybody was mentioning North Carolina, obviously, because they had a little bit of a gap before they added that Northwestern game. Well, if you beat North Carolina, CSU, that looks phenomenal. If you're North Carolina you beat CSU, most of the country is just like, yeah, you beat CSU. I mean, those that have really been watching college basketball understand that's actually a pretty close matchup. Like right. at, on paper, at least, I think that would be a somewhat of an intriguing game but yeah yeah, I mean just the politics of it all
1: exactly like North Carolina looks at it as if they win no one's gonna care but if they lose it's bad for them and CSU is tough enough where they really could lose so yeah I don't think teams like that are necessarily intrigued to schedule a game with CSU which is disappointing because I would love to see a matchup like that right now oh me too man
0: me too I'm curious you know how much do you expect this break to impact CSU? Because, you know, in my mind it instantly goes to that awful offensive performance on the road at St. Mary's where they only score 33 points, you know, basically similar circumstances. You're coming off of, you know, not playing for a couple of weeks. Now, all of a sudden you get thrown into a situation where you have to play a team that's in a rhythm, has been playing, hasn't been off. You know, are, are you worried about these games at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, if they were theoretically to reschedule a game here in the next couple days, that would be tough to get back into it. I mean, just that. I mean, I know you've been practicing, but you're losing that in game rhythm, kind of that mindset. I think if you don't reschedule a game and you just play Air Force, you'll probably be fine. That's a team you can afford to shake off the rust against and still win, kind of get some of that swagger back before the Mountain West tournament. But yeah, if they were to schedule like a Creighton or a Marquette or something like that in the next couple days, I think if CSU was in rhythm, it'd be a game they could win. But right now, after not playing for a while, I mean, that's going to be difficult.
0: And that's something you have to consider if you're CSU too, you know, like it's easy to say, schedule a game, schedule a game, schedule a game. We need this game. Okay, well, if you schedule it and then you get, you know, your teeth kicked in, then
1: what? Right. And you're in a situation where you need to win this game, you're scheduling most likely. What a weird time to be alive.
0: Everything about covering college basketball now is so wonky. You know, what are you looking for from CSU in this Air Force series? Because to me, it honestly, like, I just want to see a team that comes out and doesn't, you know, look just completely awful. Like, obviously, there's going to be rust, but I want to see a team that at least looks like they're playing within the flow of the offense. You know, if it's like a bunch of turnovers or something like that, that would concern me. Miss jump shots, not so much, just because it's it's hard to go out and hit shots after not playing.
1: Yeah, I think I'm expecting in game one, maybe like a slow first half, then they kind of find their stride. In the second half, pull away, maybe win by like 10 to 15. And then the second game, they come out and blow them out because they're back in the swing of things. I think that's best case scenario because like you said, inevitably there's going to be some rust. But like I was saying, they can afford that against Air Force. So I think that amounts to a slow first half game one. And then they kind of hit a rhythm because air force is just not good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got a lot of respect for, uh, for the guys in blue and obviously what they do for our country. But yeah, that is a basketball program. And I'm, I'm just going to say this real quick. This is a point that I've made a couple of times. And this is a, this is a total tangent here. So I'm sorry, Eddie, but <laughs> air force, they moved on from Dave Pelopovich last year. One of the most underrated coaches in the entire country. Um, at, like, such a difficult job air forces you're recruiting hurdles all of it he had them competitive on a yearly basis and they did this to go back to a dude who they'd already fired 20 plus years ago that makes no sense to me air force i don't know what you're doing anyways let's move uh let's move on to the and talk a little bit just about the the mountain west tournament i'm kind of curious you know who you see as the biggest threat to playing spoilers to csu early you know, would it be like a Nevada? I mean, you always got to worry about Bryce Hamilton and UNLV. You know, my mind goes back to Wyoming last year. Who would worry you the most?
1: I would probably say Nevada or UNLV. I mean, we've seen as the season has gone on, UNLV has started kind of satisfying the expectations they were supposed to. That's a team with a lot of talent that, yes, they could come out and get blown out. But if if they're feeling themselves, they can really compete with most teams in the Mountain West like we've seen. So UNLV comes to mind, Nevada comes to mind, even though they're inconsistent. I'm not worried about Wyoming. I think they're good. But after CSU losing them in the tournament last year, I just don't see it happening again. And obviously, Wyoming is debatably even younger, less experienced than the CSU team. Those are the teams that worry me the most, spoiler-wise. Fresno State, I mean, San Jose State, Air Force, New Mexico, there's just such a drop-off there. I just don't see the possibility of a team like that beating CSU so yeah like you said I mean UNLV and Nevada definitely the teams that come to mind first
0: oh man there's just I hate the idea of playing a rival third time I mean I I talked about it going into that Wyoming game in the Mountain West yeah. tournament last year I was like look CSU is the better team they should expect to win but weird stuff happens in rivalry games I really hate the idea of playing Wyoming a third time I I totally agree with your analysis in the sense that UNLV is a better team. They've got better scores. They're more versatile. They've got experience. I like what Sherfield and Nevada bring to the table. They scare me, but uh, I don't know. There's there's just something about Wyoming that I, I really would like to avoid in the Mountain West tournament. <laughs> but um, I'm kind of curious. What does your gut say right now? How many Mountain West teams go into the into the big dance?
1: It's tough, man. I mean, like, obviously, I'm an advocate for the Mountain West, so I want to say four. And, like, I think... There's an argument for four. I mean, San Diego State is ranked right now. You have San Diego State, Boise State, USU, and CSU, all like top 50, top 55 nets. They all realistically should make the tournament, but they probably won't. I'm going to say it's a three-bid league. One of those teams gets left out. But it would be awesome to see four, would you say? Who gets left out? And I'm putting you on the spot here, I know. Ah, Dude, I mean, unfortunately... Probably CSU. Ooh, the I don't want don't I don't like that, that to happen, but right now, I don't know. Like San Diego State's case is building again, and obviously like they already have a good look in the eyes of the committee after last year and whatnot. They were expected to be good. They started to be good. They're hitting that late-season stride. I don't see how they get left out. I don't know. I mean, if not CSU, maybe Utah State. It just in the reality, I don't think any of them should be left out. And it, it's tough. So I think a lot of it will go down to these final few games and maybe even I mean, probably even the Mountain West tournament. If one of these teams gets upset in the first round, the other teams, you know, all make it to the semis, it could be that one team that gets left out.
0: Yeah, I I really think the Mountain West tournament is an opportunity for all of these teams to just kind of solidify their resume just a little bit more. Um, I will say we're recording this. It's Friday afternoon about 1230 tonight. Utah State plays uh, Boise State in mm-hmm. game two. If Utah State falls again, um, I'm not so sure they're getting it. And I feel better if I'm CSU yeah. at that point.
1: Absolutely. Ultimately,
0: I expect a split. And then, you know, obviously comes down to that San Diego State-Boise State series. That's really the big difference between Boise State and CSU right now. Is CSU's already gone through the gauntlet. They've managed to split everywhere. Boise State, they've got a brutal stretch to close. But if they go two and one, or even one and two down the stretch here, I think they've probably done enough, especially with that BYU win that they had earlier in the year. Um, that's another thing that can hurt Utah State. BYU beat or BYU lost to Boise State. They beat Utah State. So if, if Boise State ends up sweeping them, also they have the, the BYU game to look at. San Diego State has a win over UCLA. CSU split with them, you know, Utah State's resume is not looking quite as strong. Who do you think is the most dangerous, though, in terms of, like, who could make a run in the Mountain West? I think all of these teams are good, and we've seen them, you know, all have special moments, but out of those four, who do you think could, you know, is is the most likely to go to the Sweet Sixteen?
1: If you asked me a week ago, I would have said Boise State because there was literally nothing they did wrong, but then they finally got a little cold. I mean, getting swept at Nevada. Nevada's good, but I don't... I mean, there's no excuse for them getting swept there. They should have at least split. Then UNLV hung tight with them twice. I guess if you come out and sweep Utah State, that's a good bounce back, but I'm just not as confident in Boise State as I was. I'm leaning toward Utah State, not necessarily because they have more talent than these other teams, but just because they're so well coached and, and they've proven that they can do damage in the tournament and they know what to do come tournament time. They're just one of those teams that I trust in my bracket, you know, winning a first round or a second round game. They're just such a disciplined team and they know how to win when they need to. Well, and it helps when you have a seven foot NBA prospect that, that too.
0: you legitimately can't stop. I mean, I don't know if you got to watch that first game against Boise state, but it felt like every single time he was touching the ball on the post, he was getting to the rim and dunking like Boise state had absolutely no answers for him. And I was sitting there watching it. I was like, what should Boise state do different? And I was like, honest to God, I don't know. Because if you try and double, he's just going to dump the ball to Brock Miller on the wing. It's going to hit a three. And, and yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, you know, those two, those two definitely make Utah state potentially dangerous in the tournament. I'm glad you brought that up. I still lean San Diego state. I mean, I really like Jordan shackle. I know, you know, Matt Mitchell being down has, has greatly impacted them, but it kind of feels like they finally hit their stride at this point. And you know, I, I I wouldn't sleep on CSU either. This is a team that's proven that they can hang with anybody if they get the right matchup. You never know. Let's let's move on and talk about something kind of fun. I I do want to talk just some general college basketball with you before I let you go, and I also
1: sure.
0: want to talk about a city that Eddie and I both love—a city we've spent a ton of time in, Las Vegas. Too much time. Um, we're going to talk about some of our favorite stuff to do there. Before we do, though, got to shout out our partners over at DraftKings. It's not quite time for the badness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team. If that team hits a three pointer in any basketball game this week, you make $100. Guys, I've never, I've literally never heard of an easier way to make $100 than that. All you gotta do is that's what I'm saying. Bet a dollar, your team hits a three, you turn it into a hundred dollars. That's a no-brainer. The slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever. So head to the app store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app, get in on all of the action. They paid out seven billion dollars to their customers from 2012. They know a thing or two about paydays. Again, go over to DraftKings Sportsbook, use the promo code DNVR and all new customers have an opportunity to turn $1 into $100 if your team cashes a cool three. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. Winning's paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem, call (laughs) 1-800-522-4700. Eddie, you're a gambling man. How have you been doing on College Hoops this year?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I, I've I've slowed down, but I get a lot of free play money from like promos, like you mentioned. So that's pretty much all I do. So I just do little teasers with random games. I like hitting the low mid-major games, man. I have like Belmont and Murray State and Moorhead State never fail me. So I've been riding them. And like Drake is almost undefeated against the spread this year. So those are my teams in college hoops.
0: Drake has definitely been a moneymaker for me this year yeah uh, Winthrop has been another moneymaker for That's me they actually one. they did not cover yesterday and blew one of my parlays I'm, um, you know holding that against them but it is what it is uh, I do have a segment here real quick before we move on and it's my draft kings pick of the week and that is where I just pick something and I and I recommend it and honestly like if you're gonna bet on the championship winner at this point it, it's got to be Gonzaga but I don't know. If if you're looking for like a value pick, I tend to lean towards a team like Alabama out of the SEC. You place five bucks on them. They win it all. You're going to win 105 bucks. I mean, that's tremendous value for a team that can put points on the board at will. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country. You just don't realize it because there's so many possessions played. I'm all about Alabama. That's my draft team's pick of the week. Lock it in Alabama to win the national championship at plus 2000. You really can't beat those odds. But again, it's it's Gonzaga's world and we're all living in it. It's true. Eddie, you're you're a Big Ten guy.
1: Yes. What, absolutely. what the hell
0: is going on in the Big Ten? Because we all came in thinking, you know, Iowa's gonna run things, you know, Luca Garza is still probably the national player of the year.
1: That league's been a mess.
0: Yeah, the big Ten runway, just, like in the best possible way. Tons of talent, just ton of cannibalism.
1: Oh, it is. I mean, you're going to probably get nine teams in the tournament. So in that sense, it's one of the best years in recent memory in the Big Ten. It's just so strong top to bottom. And I think it's even more of a mess and more of a bloodbath where you can't predict any game this year. Honestly, because of the no fans in the crowd, man, like that's a big thing in all of college basketball, but especially in the Big Ten, like take Wisconsin, for example, when a team comes into the Kohl Center with a packed house, they don't win. Do you play Michigan, Michigan State on the road? it's really tough to win. That's like the extra edge Big Ten teams needed for there to be some assurance in these games. And when you take that out, man, it's just like when the ball's tipped, you just have two disciplined teams playing basketball, no crowd noise, no extra factor. Anything can happen, and that's kind of what you're seeing.
0: I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who's the best team in
1: the Big Ten right now? Definitely Illinois, and I thought going into the year Illinois, I mean, I think Io Sumu is probably the player of the year. Kofi Koper and looks like Shaq right now in the low post. They've been inconsistent, but so is every Big Ten team, and I think that's just a product of how good the Big Ten is. I would not want to play Illinois in the tournament. I think they're for sure at least an Elite Eight team.
0: Illinois is definitely one of those you wouldn't want to face. I wouldn't want to face Ohio State at this point. It took me a little while to buy into them, but I, I've kind of come all around Michigan. They're great, but I still, I don't know. There's
1: something missing there. I haven't quite bought in yet. Michigan is weird. And so is Ohio state. Like I didn't expect either of them to be that good, but oh, me either. you just see that in the big 10 every year. It was kind of like Wisconsin last year. Like they shouldn't have been that good, but they just hit a weird stride and won like 11 straight down the stretch. And you never know how long it's going to last but it just keeps going. And that's what's happening with Ohio State and Michigan. <laughs> so it's gotten to the point where, like, you kind of have to believe in them. And Livers on Michigan, st- on Michigan is one of the best players in the conference. So I think they have a lot of talent for sure. It's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. I will say, you know, I've said every, basically every
0: time I brought up the, the major conferences, the Big Ten is by far the best conference in basketball this year. I will be a little bummed when like the ninth team gets in at yeah. the expense of, you know, a fourth mountain West team or. I saw your tweet about that. Yeah. Or, you know, like a second team out of the, God, I don't even, I'm John of blank the Missouri, Missouri Valley, Valley or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: My only argument there is I agree with you generally, but I would, like I would be more disappointed if that was like a lower tier, like big 12 or sec team getting in because Dude, I think even like the ninth team in the Big Ten, like at Indiana or Maryland, if you put them up against Drake, like they probably blow them out two out of three times. The third game's probably a toss up and it's close. Like those teams are staying afloat in the Big Ten. So just think what they would do in another conference.
0: I mean, I agree with it. I, you know, I, I agree with the logic. It's just one of those, you can only control what you can control. And if a team like Drake, you know, goes the entire season and only loses one or two games and then that still gets held against them, it's like, you know, what else are they supposed to do? Especially in a pandemic year, but it's sad for Drake yeah, too, agree.
1: because their best player got hurt. Like that's the only reason yeah. they started losing. Like, how are you really going to blame them there? It's like their leading scorer and rebounder. And they still managed to split against Loyola Chicago, who was ranked 22 at the time.
0: That was huge. That that might have just been enough to save Drake and don't Did have you any bad losses. Oh, yeah, it was a blast.
1: Yeah, it was a blast.
0: That was everything that college basketball fans love and the people that only tune in for NBA prospects hate. You know, like a game that finishes uh-huh. in the 50s goes to overtime. Like, that's the great thing about college basketball. In the same weekend that Alabama scored 118 points in regulation, we had a game go to overtime where neither team scored 60. Like,
1: Yeah. And in general, those two major games are the best. Like, I don't know why ESPN, ESPN2 doesn't broadcast them more. You see all these, like, Arkansas, South Carolina, and these random, like, Georgia, whatever, Power Five games against two Power Five teams no one wants to watch. Like, I would much rather, like, a Loyola, Chicago against Drake type game be nationally televised every time.
0: I think most college basketball fans would, at least the people that pay attention across the board. Uh, before right. I let you go, let's have some fun and let's talk about a city that we enjoy, Las Vegas, obviously where the Mountain West tournament is based out of. Eddie, I'm kind of curious, what are the? I, I think I've said that five times on this podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> very curious. If, if you're going out to Vegas, yeah, Mike Brohard's rolling his eyes somewhere right now.
1: <laughs> That's
0: if, cool. um, you're making a you're making a trip to Vegas. What are the top five things that you've got to do every single time that you're out there? And this is your personal list. This is not necessarily like, you know, the the five coolest hotels or the five things. These are the five things you got to do when you're out in Vegas.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, for me, number one is sitting at a blackjack table just because... I love the experience. I'm not a good poker player, so I'm not going to go have some random 60-year-old guy take my money at a poker table <laughs> in Vegas while he's staring me down. I love sharp. the blackjack table experience because it's social and you're against the dealer. So everyone's kind of rooting for each other. But I, I the key there is you got to sit at a 5 or or $10 table. Because for me, like, it's worse losing money, a lot of money than it is satisfying winning money. If that makes sense. Like I don't want to sit at a table, be pumped for a couple hours of blackjack, but be at a 20 hour table and go down $200 in 10 minutes. Cause then I'm leaving. Like I want to hang out at the table. So that's why I sit at a $5 table, enjoy the experience. That's my number one thing. Number two is probably spend a full day in a sports book. Cause that's always super fun. Like Westgate or Caesars, man, they got everything. Yeah, you have to. You have if you're a sports to. guy. You got to at least spend half a day in a sports book. You do. Um, I Probably my next is just experience Fremont Street, Old Vegas, man. It's weird. Ooh, that's a good to one. Kind of just let the weirdness swallow you. Like, it's amazing. <laughs>
0: Much um, so fun. It's so quirky. You might get a you might have a prostitute come up to you. You might have somebody offer you street food. It's it's an interesting, interesting dynamic.
1: It is. I mean, don't go there at like four AM. That's like a little sketchy, but if you're there at the right time when the tourists are still out, it's definitely a good time. Things are cheaper down there too. Um, I like hanging out at the link. That's where like the Ferris wheel is, mm-hmm. that's where the flamingo is. That's actually one of my favorite casinos. <laughs> Oh, the um, flamingo
0: rules, man! Such an underrated.
1: It's you so walk into underrated. the flamingo, and it just feels like Vegas.
0: Like the lighting, the how it's all set up. Like you feel like you're like walking in slow motion into like a of gam- a, a Vegas gambling scene.
1: Yeah, and you got like the dancers and everything. Like it's the real, it's the real Vegas look. Isn't that where we met up with like BC Johnson last time we were there, also?
0: Oh yeah, and that's that's definitely a flex for everybody in the <laughs> listening. We were hanging out with NFL up. wide receiver BC Johnson last time we were out there. Great dude. Hope that uh, it works out for him out in Minnesota. Those were really good. I'm I'm gonna give you mine now, and you can react to them. Um, cool. These these are obviously very individual to me. My Vegas experience is always different than most people because I love to bet on sports. Uh, I'm not a big card table guy, mostly because I get intimidated, not because I don't enjoy it. But I too love a good $5 blackjack table. But mm-hmm. number one, eat at Roberto's Taco Shop. If you're mm-hmm. listening and you don't know what I'm talking about, you're missing out. Best carne asada I've ever had. It's cheap. If you're in Vegas for like more than three days trying to pay for food, is kind of a nightmare. So if you can find somewhere that's affordable, that's always great. It's right across from where the hard rock used to be. I don't remember what it's called now. It got remodeled oh yeah uh, you, oh, virgin mobile i think or something something lame like something who wants lame. to go to that like you yeah. want to go to hard rock
1: it's a staple of vegas
0: exactly all this corporate bullshit they're just changing stuff <laughs> number two walk the strip with a pair of 20 ounce beers that you purchased from a convenience store
1: that's an if you're in
0: call. vegas you have to take advantage of the no open container policy but you don't want to spend a bunch of money. So what do you do? You go to a bodega, you buy a couple of 20 ounce like cores or whatever, and you walk the strip until your feet are going to bleed.
1: The tall, number boy, three, yeah.
0: <laughs> hit up Westgate, which is basically, you know, under the same principle, you can go to any sports book. You're going to have a good time. But the, the Mecca of sports books, definitely the Westgate. I could probably spend three days in there and they would have to send in a rescue team. Cause I would just be there with like beer and Cheetos. Curled up in a ball watching college basketball. Yeah. Number four, shop for sneakers on the Miracle Mile Mall. I'm a big sneaker guy. I like to walk around the malls in Vegas. I know that's kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe lame or girly or whatever, but I'm into it. I think it's a good time. They've got a lot of cool sneaker shops out there, and I've had uh, some luck finding
1: some pretty sweet deals. I've yet to shop in Vegas, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm too busy gambling and drinking, but (laughs) I need to do that.
0: That's the thing. You just gotta like make a conscious decision. It's like, is this hundred dollars going to New Jordan or are they going likely to the casino? Right. <laughs> Number five, and this is the this is the easiest one yet. In and out after a night of gambling and boozing. Now, this isn't going to In and Out just like at any point. This is like going to In and Out at like three thirty in the morning. <laughs> when it's literally the only thing that is going to keep you alive without that cheeseburger without that double double and without those french fries you are going to pass out you might not make it to your hotel you might pass out on the streets we'll have to see
1: but that's my number five you gotta go to in and out and it's overrated yeah but it's the best and the best one is on the link like I was mentioning before I think we hit that one last time after we were at the Flamingo
0: oh we did and it was life-giving I, it, it was man it was like half
1: to three in the morning too <laughs> Oh, Miss Vegas.
0: I I hope I get to go out there for the tournament. I'm not sure yet, but I'm not
1: going man. I'm bummed.
0: I get it. It's so tough to justify it right now. And honestly, I'm not even sure like I want to experience Vegas all like restricted anyways. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I went out a couple months ago to meet some buddies, and I think it's better now. Like, it was fine. You can't, like, go to, like, a bar or a club, but I don't do that in Vegas anyway. But you can still gamble and walk the strip. So it's not the same, but it's not like you're not going to have a good time.
0: That's a good point. I mean, it's Vegas. If you're not having a good time, it's probably your fault or you just drank too much. But either way. True. All right, Eddie. Thank you for hopping on with me, man. It's always great to chat with you. I hope we get to hang out soon. I'm definitely tired of doing everything over Zoom.
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah. I'm I'm praying for the day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Word, brother.
1: Take care. Yep. Thanks. For-